This is the Bloomberg Advantage with Corey Johnson and Carol Masser on Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Advantage brought to you by the New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more of, of stories of innovation at uh, innovation.njit.edu. Everybody, the labor market certainly continues to be in focus. Don't forget that we do get a release of the Fed minutes from the March uh, meeting. We'll get that later on today. But let's talk about what's specifically happening when it comes to executives in the C-suite. Back with us, or with us, I should say, but uh, I don't think he's new to Bloomberg, that's for sure. Alan Guarino, vice chairman at Corn Ferry, joining us in our Bloomberg 1130 studio here in New York City. Nice to have you here with Corey and me. Carol, I'm glad to be here. Talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, we do stay so focused on what's going on in the labor market, certainly because that's a, a mandate of the Federal Reserve. When you look at what's going on at companies at the executive level, that's kind of what you're playing with. What do you see? What are the kind of conversations that you're having? Well, it's interesting. I think um, for the first time in the last 10 years, if you look at the Corporate Executive Board survey, I think it was noted that it is the first time that talent has been the number one concern of CEOs. Now, it's always been in the top three or four, but when you look directionally, it's now number one. That's both exciting and scary. Well, uh, specifically access to it or what? Or finding the right people? What? I, I think all things talent. So yeah. access to talent, um, how to optimize talent, and quite frankly, um, how to get an edge relative to the talent you have versus your competitors. Um, what's changed in that regard? Why is that such a, a pressing, more pressing concern now? No, that's a good question. And I think it's a it's a secular question, so it's, it could be a long answer. So make sure I don't take too much time. But I think over the last fifteen this is radio, we go deep. <laughs> Good. That's what you got. I but like you got that. five minutes. That's it. Like, all right. So <laughs> if you look at uh, if you look at the last fifteen years, I think that finally globalization has arrived, and I think that the speed of business in the last fifteen years has has increased exponentially, even though it's been getting faster for. 20 years, as Bill Gates told us years ago. So the bottom line is I think we have an ecosystem that is more complex, that is more global, and that is operating at such an accelerated pace that while people may have skills, i.e. they may be a good Java programmer, they may not have, quite frankly, the wiring to actually be effective and work in a high-pressure environment. So I think we've created a world of work that now looks like the Super Bowl playing field almost everywhere when the world of work used to kind of look like a good sort of double-A playing field in you, years ago. Are you saying that individuals have to have kind of both the soft and hard skills? Absolutely. Which is something we, we do a lot with uh, Bentley University. Uh, they're a strategic partner of Bloomberg Radio, and we talk about the importance of, you know, educational institutions providing both of that. No, no question about it. And, you know, a lot of it is just, quite frankly, individual wiring. We have some of the best evaluation psychometric tools in the world owned by Corn Ferry. And those things can get deep into an individual's um, psychometric wiring. And, and some of it is definitely uh, addressable through development, and others is simply what you're born with. In terms of tools for recruiting, I mean, obviously, you guys are in the business of, of putting butts in seats. But, uh, but I wonder, you know, what are the, how has that changed? You talk about the globalization of the workforce. How has that changed? How have things like LinkedIn and so on really changed the way that, uh, businesses start to imagine what talent pools look like? Well, talent acquisition and candidate identification as part of talent acquisition has become much more efficient. 
and through, so th- not unlike the the transformation of uh, of electronic trading, right? From the time when we traded securities the old-fashioned way, you know, broker to broker, to now electronifying trades, you can electronify parts of the process of recruitment that then allows the recruiter to participate in more of the high-touch, more impactful people-required aspects of the business. So, so that's changed things. In terms of Corn Ferry, I mean, more than half of our revenue is not about putting the butts in the chairs, as you say. It's actually about developing a company's talent as it grows to make that talent effective in growing the company. And I'm guessing developing that talent and also, as you develop that talent, getting them to stay right? Because once you develop them and they understand a corporate culture, I mean, that costs a company money. It's time, but it's also money. And I'm assuming that they've got to think about that. What do you need to do to keep somebody? Because people move around a lot more than they ever used to. No, they do. They do. And and that's a good thing in terms of information exchange. So you just certainly don't want an incestuous environment where all of your people have been there forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you also want to be able to have some say as to when people stay and when they go. That's interesting that you say that, because I've worked with a lot of companies and talked with a lot of their senior people who've been around companies. I'm not going to mention names, but old line companies have been around for decades. And I do sometimes find that the culture is to people who have been there, who've started from the mailroom and moved their way up. Sure. How do you break that? Well, I, I think you respect it, you, you celebrate it, and you also make sure that you have a strategic workforce planning approach that infuses outside talent at your discretion. So I had a client, quite frankly, who came in as a chief HR officer of a massive world-renowned company and quickly analyzed that too many people at the top had been there forever. And so what he was able to do was set a an objective that within five years, 20% of the people at the top and that people at the top group in this company was probably about 500 executives, right. would have less than five years tenure with the company. So put the stake in the ground, say the objective is to do this, and actively seek to go outside when there were opportunities to do that for senior-level roles, as opposed to default to simply going inside. Interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this book right now, Walter Isaacson's book, Innovators, uh, and in the book he writes about early Intel, he talks about Intel as this, this innovative place where creativity is rewarded and people are encouraged to sort of challenge the uh, the uh, status quo. But I know Intel, and, and all that's certainly true, but I also know Intel is a place of, of miles and miles of endless cubicles where a 10-year employee is still considered the new kid. Uh, and it, and, and it's, it feels stultifying, even though the creativity that comes out of there is interesting. I... I, I... You know, cultures are like are like families, right? They they are not universally um, uh, applicable. So, what's good for one family isn't good for another. I think you have to realize that generally, cultures need to inspire um, like mindedness with the team. They they have to believe in the culture of the company and feel like that represents who they are. Right. And they tend to stay. But some old and new blood mixed seems to be kind of the wave of the future. Just quickly. Absolutely. All right. Going to leave it there. Um, Alan, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. Alan Guarino, he's vice chairman at Corn Ferry, joining us in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on this Wednesday. You're listening to the Bloomberg Advantage right here on Bloomberg Radio.